Good morning. Let's all stand and together let's lift up our voices as we sing the solid rock. My hope is built on nothing less. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. this morning as we come and worship the Lord and recognize Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to each and every mom here this morning. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you with praise in our hearts, with praise on our tongues, as we worship you in prayer and in song. I do ask that you be with us as we look into your holy word in a little bit. That absolutely it would be you that stirs our hearts and draws us nearer to you. But this morning we want to exalt you. We want to thank you and praise you. We look to meet with you as you've promised to come and meet with us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
Would you please stand and together we lift up our voices one more time as we sing Lift High the Name of Jesus.
mothers out there. It's Mother's Day, a time to celebrate all the wonderful mothers out there. 
not just for being shining examples of how great a mom can be, but also for being beautiful reflections of who God is. Like God, you've provided for us. You've shown us how much you care from the very beginning. With God, you've guided us, helping us navigate through every decision, big or small. You've been patient with us, helping us grow and learn from the mistakes we make. And like God, you forgive us, offering us grace so those mistakes can never define us. You've been present. It sounds so simple, but it's so important just knowing you're there when we need you. And most of all, you've loved us unconditionally as only someone filled with God's love could. So today we thank you all of this and so much more. Happy Mother's Day. I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. The title of our message this morning is simply, Mom. A gift from God. And each one of you moms are a gift from God. And every one of us that was born from a mom, which is all of us, we look at our moms and we say, you know what? They were a gift from God in each of our lives. You might say, well, pastor, you didn't know my mom. Well, listen, no mom is perfect. But they're your mom. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, when you come into this text, you find the Apostle Paul, and he's writing about some interesting things. He's talking about marriage, relations within marriage. He's talking about being single. He himself is single. But when he comes down to verse 7, he says, For I would that all men were even as I myself. He's saying, you know, if I, if I had my brothers... Everybody be single because they wouldn't have to focus on other things other than God. He's 100% sold out, 100% committed to the things of the Lord. But then when he comes down to verse 7, he says, For I would that all men were even as myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. And he is talking to you and I as mankind, humankind. And he's saying that every single one of us, our lives are different. We're not all going to be an Apostle Paul. We're not going to be single our whole lives and dedicate ourselves 100% to the preaching and teaching of the gospel, even from, from coast to coast, region to region, even unto our death. He's saying, no, actually there are others. There are others who God brings them one to another in the previous verses, talks about husbands and wives rendering one another to each other and building families. He's saying to every person, they have their proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. And certainly when we think about motherhood and we think about moms, we understand what a gift. You know, the Lord didn't have to do it that way. We take it for granted because there is no other way, is there? But if you think back in time, think back to Adam. He was not born of a mother. God scooped up the dust of the earth and he blew into that dust of the earth, that form he created, the breath of life, and he created Adam. Well, he could have done that for every one of us, couldn't he? How many of you have ever heard of a dust devil? I know some of you think your kids were born in a dust devil, weren't they? No. But God could have done it that way, couldn't he? We could wake up in the morning, look out in the parking lot, and see a little 
clump of clay there and bam, God breathed the breath of life in it and we got a new kid. He could have done it that way, couldn't he? Or maybe you were taught the pumpkin patch theory. You know, that uh, the farmer went out there and then back there, there's not only four or five different pumpkins, but wow, there's a baby. He could have done it that way. Or maybe you were one of the fortunate kids who were taught that they come by a stork. You know, in the middle of the night, all of a sudden the stork swoops down. And on the front porch, leaves a little cherished one. God could have done it that way. But he didn't choose to. He chose to use a mom. And that is truly such a marvelous gift to each and every one of us. When we look in the scriptures, we find that gifts, the mom gifts, they come from God because God is good. James chapter 1 verses 16 and 17, if you'll look over there with me at that text, we are just reminded about how that God wants the very best for us. And certainly when we look at motherhood, we see the best gift. James chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 say to us, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I love verses like this because they are so pointed. He starts out by saying to us in verse 16, do not err. And he's basically saying, don't make a mistake here. I want you to understand how marvelous gifts are from God. And that's why he goes on to the next verse. He says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. It makes us step back and again think back to creation itself. Where he created the first man from the dust of the earth, breathed into him the breath of life. Well, before that happened, God was the very father of light. We look in the scriptures. And the Bible tells us that God said, let there be light. And there was. You see, that's the power of a God. A God who can do anything. He can simply say it. He can create anything. He can create moms, a good and perfect gift, something that every single one of us needed in that nurture, that care, that love that raises up a healthy and strong child. So the father of lights, the very creator of all that is, chose you, chose you to be born of a mom who, when you came out of the womb and they laid you upon her chest, she beamed at you like she's known you forever. When Sandra Joe and I had our, our first child, which was Joy, you know, when you don't have kids, you don't understand how that instantaneously you can love somebody you never met before. But all of a sudden, you'd die for that little baby who just a minute ago you didn't even know. That's a mother's heart, isn't it? It's interesting when you look down in this text, he comes down and he says concerning God, of, who, of whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. In the, the Hebrew structure of that sentence simply is two words that mean no shifting, no confusion. It's interesting how applicable it is to the day and age we live today, isn't it? The Bible is so very clear and so very plain. You and I are born of a mom, not a birth person. It's a mom, well, she's a mom. I cannot have children as much as I might want to have children. I can, I can, I can go ahead and hold my breath till I pass out. I could stop eating and go on a hunger strike. I could tell God, God, I want to bear a child. And I would either die of suffocation because I didn't breathe or starvation because I didn't eat because I cannot have a child. God's design is so clear. 
And there is no variableness in God. Neither shadow of turning. No shifting of truth. But instead a foundation of fact. It's so marvelous for each of us to look back. And think about that mom who would gather us up upon her knee. And there she would bandage our little scuffed knee. And kiss our boo-boos. And care for us when we were sick. What a gift from God. Moms not only are that special gift from God, they're a practical gift from God. You see, I would have hated to be born of a dust devil out in the parking lot. Who would have cared for me? What if nobody had driven by and seen me there upon the dust? But a mom is so practical. Because when you're born of her, all of a sudden that connection makes her nurture you care for you. I was, I was talking to our youngest baby present mom, Jenny, just the other day. And we were talking about little Forrest. And she said, well, you know, Forrest is getting hungry. I've got to go and feed him. Why? Because God created such a practical design in a mom. So she took Forrest, went into the other room, took care of his hangry, and then she came back and chatted with us. Isn't that so practical that God designed? I want you to turn with me, if you would, to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 in your Bible. It's interesting when we look at this text, how that God reminds us about how that his gifts in our lives are so practical. We come down to, I've got, I'm in 1 Peter, I need to be in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, we look down at verse 3. It says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. One of the wonderful things about the gift of a mom is it was God's design. It was God's design, God's gift to us, for life and godliness, through his knowledge, that hath called us to glory and virtue. Motherhood is such a precious gift. It's perplexing to me why our culture and our society today wants to manipulate something that is so uniquely practical and precious. You and I as Christians... We need to be very careful that we don't get sucked down into the distorted thought process that manipulates and coerces, makes people feel bad about simple, practical, logical sense. Here God reminds us that he himself has given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Mom, thank you for the life you gave us. Life is precious. The Bible talks about how that before you were ever born in the womb, God knew you. That's why many, many, many churches are pro-life. Because we look in the scriptures and we say, life is precious, given to us by God. It's according to his divine power, not my power. Not my wife's power or my daughter's power, but according to God's power. This week, I, I got a, an email message from the federal government. They sent me a whole big thing and they said to me, as a pastor of a church, we want to make all clergy aware that there have been a, a number of threats made against churches because of what's happening in the Supreme Court. And so they warned me. They said, please, uh, you know, have lights on in your parking lots. Be sure and have your security cameras on. Be aware that uh, these threats are from coast to coast in the United States. Then down at the little bottom was a note from our, our state authorities who said, well, we don't have any eminent threats in our state. And I, I hope not. I would like to rest in the thought 
that we could have our perspective and they could have theirs without us attacking each other. But the reality is the Bible does tell us that God is the giver of life and that it is precious. It is practical. And I am so grateful that my mom, all those many years ago, chose to let me live. I've enjoyed my life. I would hate to have not lived my life. And I'm so glad that you, your mom, when she got the news, she let you live. She respected and acknowledged your life and counted it precious. What a practical gift from God to give us a mom. But it's interesting when we look at this verse where it says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and what? Godliness. Do you see that? He didn't leave that out. If we're not careful, we maybe separate life from godliness. Certainly our culture, our world, our society has done that. They've said, well, you know what? Let's, let's, let's go ahead and protect life. But the godliness part, let's not talk about that. The church has no voice. The Bible has no place. But God says life and godliness are connected. Because life comes from God. How can you separate godliness from the very giver, the very creator of that life? You and I as Christians, we should strive to inject godliness in our lives and in the lives of our little ones. I look around the sanctuary, I see a little guy sitting here playing with his toy dinosaurs. I look across, I see little forest there in the back and there may be others that I can't see that are just little tykes. But thank you, mom, for bringing your baby to church. The ones that are down in the nursery, thank you, mom, for bringing your little ones to church. Another little one right there. Absolutely. Thank you, mom, for bringing your little ones up. And they're down in primary church, in junior church. And as you're in here worshiping, they're being taught the things of God. They're being taught godliness. That's part of the gift of motherhood. Our society has lost sight of that. Part of your responsibility. And maybe you don't have any children. Maybe, maybe you never had any children. And God has given you the gift to mother a niece, a nephew, a neighbor, a friend. Invest in them godliness as well. It's part of our job. So mom, as you're nurturing your baby, pray for your baby. As you're, as you're cleaning those little scuffed knees and putting on that fancy dinosaur band-aid they come out with now, you know, you pray for that baby. You talk to them, inspire them concerning the godly things that they are going to need to face life. From the very earliest, they need to understand the divine power of God. Again, 1 Peter 1.3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to what? Glory and virtue. Boy, don't we long for the day when we were a culture and a society that was virtuous. John and I were looking for the video that we were gonna play. I had watched many videos uh, to find a really nice video for this morning. And then uh, John had watched some too, and we came together. I told him, I said, well, I found this video, but it's really old and outdated. Let's see if we can find a newer, updated one. What was the name of that, John? Uh, Momism. The Mom Song or something. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was this lady reciting to the, the music. 
all these things that mom sang. But it was really grainy and faded and hard to see. And I told John, I said, let's find a new one. So we found a new version, sharp videography, great pictures. But as soon as the mom started talking, she's dropping F-bombs and all this stuff. I thought, can't show that at church. I'm not showing that. No. What happened to the virtue? Where did it go? Why do we have to sound like a drunken sailor on leave to be a mom talking about motherhood? What happened? When we look at this text, God reminds us. He says to us, listen, he as the divine giver, he as all powerful God, he has given to us the practical gift of life and godliness. And in him we find knowledge. And he calls us to glory and virtue. The third thing I wanted to show you about mom, God's gift, is that mom's gift should be shared. Many of the things that you and I learned from our moms, we passed on. We often talk in my family that from my mother, I learned to never meet a stranger. My mom could make a friend out of somebody standing in a line at a store. And that's me. I can be, in fact, where was I yesterday when I took, when I was with mom traveling down, down to Massachusetts and come back, I, I stopped somewhere talking to some guy in a line at some convenience store. Oh, no, 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 no. We went to a play and the guy sitting in front of me, he was a police officer in Connecticut. By the time we got done, I'm showing him pictures of where I live. He's talking to me about where he lives. I never meet a stranger. I got that from my mom. My dad was just the opposite. But my dad was a hard worker. His work ethic put him in the grave early. And I got that work ethic from my dad. Not that my mom's not a hard worker, but she learned to enjoy life a little more than dad. We all go ahead and we get certain things from our mom and dad, don't we? And those things that are good and valuable and precious should be shared. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 4. Look with me at verses 7 down through 11. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. When you look at this list, as you come down through, you see these wonderful attributes that God is charging us and challenging us to pass on to every generation. He starts in verse 7, he simply says, but the end of all things is at hand. He says, you know what? We could very well be facing the end days, the last times. But whether it's the end times prophetically or personally, we have limited time, don't we? We could sit here and debate, is the end of the world going to happen in the next five years? Well, I can tell you for you, it's going to come within the next hundred years. Because none of us are going to live another hundred than we are right now. Well, maybe the littlest ones might make a hundred and one, hundred and two. But the reality is for all of us, time is short. Time is limited. We only have so much time. And so he tells us, he says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watch unto prayer. 
How important is it as a mom and as a dad to be serious about raising our kids? Investing in them because it's important. And you know what? We really do have such a little tiny short window. As Mary sits right there and Todd's beside her. Todd, aren't you the baby? I am. He's the baby in the family. And how old are you, Todd? 46. 46 years old. So that means 46 years ago, Mary went ahead and took that little baby up upon her shoulder. And they bonded, right? Yeah. yeah okay. But I'll bet within 20 years, Todd was moving on. Right? Went off to college. Met some cutie. He's nodding his head. <laughs> Probably moved out. Yeah, but nodding his head. Mom really only had about 18 to 24 years. Probably somewhere in there to really invest into Mr. Todd. Not that she doesn't have a lot of say still, right, Todd? She does. And you listen every bit, don't you? Yes, sir. All right. Good. But the reality is the window of time is very short. So when this text says to us, be sober, that's not talking about not going out and get hammered, although I think you should not go out and get hammered. But it's not talking about that. It's talking about being serious. Serious about the responsibility of passing on important, caring, nurturing truths that our children might grow up to know and love the Lord and to be healthy and strong individuals. Verse 8, he says, And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. That word charity in the Old English simply means love. And he's saying, above all, show that you love. My mom, who I told you, she's getting ready to turn 87. I don't know what's happened, but she used to be pretty good sized. But yesterday, while I was walking out to the truck and she was going to wave goodbye, she's just become so tiny and very, very frail. But you know what? As I got ready to leave, she reached over and gave me a big hug. And I gave her a big hug back. Tried not to break anything, but gave her a big hug. You know what? That's, that's simply love. And here he tells us. He says, listen, above all things, show that fervent love among yourselves. For love shall cover the multitude of sins. I love that. Because that so fits a mom. Because moms are sinned against many times, aren't they? You know, mom will say, don't, don't, don't jump in that pole. Now you got your church clothes all muddy and everything. They knew not to jump in that mud puddle, didn't they? They did it anyways. They sinned against mom. Do you know why she doesn't snap their little head off? <laughs> Do you know why? Because she loves them. And that love will cover a multitude of sins. There will be many things that will happen. And she will love and love and love. Forgive and forgive and forgive. And it won't be just when they're little, it'll be when they're big. Mom said to me yesterday, she said, Tim, I sure wish you'd come more often. She's right. It's about a four hour drive. It's hard to make the time to drive down, come back four hours each way. But she's I need to make more time. But she forgives me. She loves me. When you look at these texts, 
He is challenging us to take the gift of mom and pass it on. Live that gift of mom. Moms have shown us that love that forgives. Verse 9, he says, use hospitality one to another without grudging. Many of us learned hospitality from our moms. Because guys are not always that hospitable. But moms usually are. He comes down, he says in verse 10, as every person hath received the gift, so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Here he's talking about salvation. And he's saying to you, mom, as you've received Christ, pass that grace, that manifold grace on. Moms and dads, it's our responsibility. Now you might think to yourself, well, it's the preacher's job. No, it's your job and my job. We have a responsibility to pass our faith on to the next generation that they might know and experience the love of God, the forgiveness of sin. They see that love, they experience forgiveness in their mom, but ultimately they need it from God. He says, pass it on, pass your faith, your love, pass it on to your little boy, your little girl, your little grand girl, your little grand boy, your little niece, your neighbor, your friend, pass it on because it's a gift from God. Each and every one of us in this room, the reason I joke about, were you born of a mom? And every one of us were. Is because Mother's Day is really about all of us. We all, maybe our mom has passed on. But we remember mom. Maybe mom lives far, far away. Today, you'll reach out to your mom. I hope you do. Every one of us is touched by a mom. Sandra Joe, as we were driving back, she told me, she said, in Texas growing up, they had a tradition on Mother's Day. Everybody went to the florist and they bought a carnation. And I'm trying to remember, I think she said the white carnation meant my mom is still alive. And the red carnation meant my mom has passed on. Is that true? Did I get it backwards? None of you know the Texas tradition. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do I. But... She said it was part of their culture when she was a girl to remember mom. Today, God's gift. Mom, God's gift. I love that Juliana's sitting there with her mom. Todd, sitting there with, her, with his mom. You, if your mom's here and you're sitting with her, I love that. Dad, you're sitting with your wife, the mom of your children. Wonderful. Boys and girls, we're sitting with our moms. Great. Your mom is a gift, a gift from God. Lord, I thank you for the gift of mom. And I thank you for our church family. I thank you for the virtue, the tradition, the values that we get from your word. And I pray that you help us. Help us to stand strong against the heavy winds that push against all those virtues and values. Lord, I do pray that you'd protect those who stand for the value of life. Protect them and watch out for them. I pray for those little babies in the womb who are so innocent and so unflinchingly vulnerable. I pray you'd watch over them, protect them. I pray you'd be with us as we go to our homes. Help us to not forget to reach out to mom today and help us to pass on the, the wonderful things that we learned from her. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Six.
exalted, the King is exalted on high. I will praise Him, He is exalted forever, exalted and I will praise His name. He is the Lord, forever His truth shall reign. Heaven and earth rejoice in His holy name. He is exalted, the King is exalted on high. Amen. We're dismissed this morning.